Hey, I'm Jam Supernova and welcome to my DIY handbook. So I've learned so many things throughout the years on my journey as a freelance creative and sometimes I just really wished I had a place where I could go to hear the experiences, the processes and the decisions of other people like me. But most importantly, I really wanted to hear the lessons and the mistakes. So that's what this is. Each episode, I'll be sharing a lesson that I've learned along the way. I'll be honest in sharing my stories of when things haven't gone right and the solutions I've worked out. I'll be joined by a host of inspiring guests who have either been on a similar journey or had the answers right away. We'll be discussing how to build a team, persistence, the power of no, evolving and so much more. Disclaimer, this podcast was recorded at the end of 2020 and the first few months of 2021. So if you hear references to last year, don't worry about it. So this episode is all about the power of no. And my guest is a man by the name of Toddity. He is a producer. He is a DJ. He is a broadcaster. We worked together for around eight years on the BBC. He was on BBC Radio 1. Um, I was lucky enough to actually work as his assistant producer. Uh, then I graduated to being his producer. I would also play gigs alongside him, warm up for him. And I was definitely like on the come up when I first met him. So he had a career that I really looked up to. And I was able to have candid conversations and ask his advice pretty much every week that we were working together at 1am in the BBC. Once he'd finished his show, I'd be like, toddler, how do you do this? Toddler, how do you do that? So I kind of wanted to recreate one of those candid conversations. I've always known that toddler knows when he needs to say no he has his reasons and for me I've always thought that they've paid off massively for him so I wanted to bring that for life for you it's a really great conversation I hope you take a lot from it and we're in toddler I haven't seen you in absolutely ages so it's nice to see you via the zoom in it man I've just been basically in this room or on the school run or in my living room or doing bedtime with the kids it's like a it's like a triangle of music stroke family love um, and it's great. I love it, to be honest. That's what I think has been really exciting in a way about this year. Obviously, there's not been so much, obviously, of other stuff going on, but kind of in sort of like thinking about your principles and what means a lot to you. Have you found that? Definitely, man. I think before the lockdown thing, I was just legging it around trying to do everything, Mr. Superman. Mm. And then we stopped and I went, oh, actually, my children are the most important thing in my life. Not maybe, you know, doing this job or having perceived success. Or, you know, pleasing everyone. It was like, oh, actually, the core essence of who we are is all the human beings we love more than any work or any materialistic thing. And I think loads of people have learned that, you know. I saw a thing in the paper the other day about a load of people changing their careers this year due to that. Um, And I think loads of people I speak to, particularly in the creative industry, have kind of clocked that, you know, it's not the be and end all of our position in life. I think we live in a very capitalistic society, if that's even a word, where it's all about success and thus form money. And this reminded us that that's all bullshit, really. Yeah, exactly. In a nutshell. And I love being at home. I love being home. Like right now, I'm in my pajamas in my living room. Listen, getting stuff come on. Done. Yeah. It's the best. So this episode is called, um, it's all about the power of no. Okay. And I have, yeah. So it's all about when you said no, why you said no. Mm-hmm. And watching you has been amazing because I feel like you know what you want. Or that's how it seems for me looking in. So you know what you want. You know when to say no. And it feels like it's effortless to you. Like it feels like you just be like, I'm not into that. <laughs> Would, would you say would you say that's true yeah. or not? <laughs> I think yes and no. That's such a crap answer, isn't it? Um, I, I guess in a way, 
Um, I do know what I want because I've been doing this thing for a minute, but at the same time, the grass is always greener and the unknown is always an intriguing place. Um, I think the smoke and mirrors of social media can make people believe that I am something that I'm not, not only professionally, but mm-hmm. um, spiritually or mentally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been, like you say, I'm a man of music, so I've had many parts of my career. It's been quite dynamic, like you say, broadcasting, labels, raves. Right now I'm in full-on producer mode. But yeah, I think more than ever, no is very important for me as a as a human, as well as a professional. Um and what's interesting is I had a conversation with my friend the other day about this. It was like, it's easy to say no a lot of the time. It's also hard to say no a lot of the time. But the reasons of the no is very important because it's, mm. when I'm intimidated or anxious about something, the no is a lot easier than the yes because it gets you out of the feeling of discomfort. But sometimes leaning into the discomfort is what gives you success or thus for achievement and thus for a happy feeling at the end of the finishing line. So it's a fine line why you say no. Yeah. Some things are a no-brainer to me. So, some things are a no-brainer to me. That's whack. I'm not into that energy. No, I don't, I'm not into the morals of that, that establishment or that artist. But others are a bit of a grey area and you've got to really weigh up why you're saying no. Yeah, yeah. Because I find it crippling sometimes. Like, I, don't, I, think it's, I think it's a lot to do with my nature. If I kind of look back at myself like if I was my own therapist it's even been from yeah, when yeah. I was a kid or in secondary school being saying being able to say no when I didn't want to do something with friends or and then going straight into work as a freelancer and working at the yeah. BBC behind the scenes and you you kind of have to say yes because you don't know when the next shift is coming so it's kind of I feel like it's become like yeah. alert and behavior so when even now something an email might come in asking me to do something and you know in this year I know that I don't want to do it I just don't. Yeah. But to say no, yeah. I just yeah. find it like, oh, am I being ungrateful? Am I, am I, mm. am I, you know, p- pushing away the hand that feeds me? Are they going to think this? Yeah. I just go through all these scenarios in my head without actually just yeah. understanding like the principle is that actually, no, I just don't want to do it. And that's okay I as know. well. I know. It's mad. It's mad, isn't it? I think that what, with what we do, it, we feel so blessed with our privilege of our career yeah. and our job. We get money to do what we love. You feel like you shouldn't let any opportunity mm-hmm. down. But not every opportunity is necessarily good for you or what you actually want to do. And it's, yeah, it's a funny one because, like I just mentioned, like it's easier to say no a lot of the time. It's hard to say no a lot of the time. I think it's just about like working out why you're saying no. Yeah. Um, I was a bit anti for so many years. Now, independent, F you, F this, I'm doing this. And I think a lot of it was an insecurity. And I think a lot of it was not wanting to necessarily lean into the discomfort. But bizarrely, I think it's stead me in good, good, uh, good lane because not doing everything and having to pull back for whatever reason that is, has given me a longevity. Yeah, because if I took every if I took every opportunity and every offer from DJing to radio to production work to brand whatever, I'd have probably burnt out myself. But also the perception of me and people would be like, "I'll just go away, T." Do you know what I mean? Mm. The no, the no, the no is very, very powerful, even if it wasn't meant to be. You know? Yeah, that was a, a quote that I sort of dug out from um, 
listening back to old interviews and stuff, Mike Skinner was looking back on his career and I think it was something that I heard in passing and he was like, yeah. it's not what you say yes to, but it's it's what you say no to. And that's kind of, I guess, yeah. what you, you just summed up. I want to talk about some of yeah. those things that you have said no to. So I remember yeah. when I was working on your radio show. And, yeah, yeah. Beautiful um, days, by book- the way. They were great days. I lo- the best times of my of my career, man, definitely. Golden era. I know, they were so the, good, man. We made some radio gold, we did. Come on. And you were saying <laughs> radio gold every week, yeah. And basically, like, to set the scene, we'd be doing the show like, we did it live then, so it'd be like 1am on a Thursday into a Friday. We'd get like a coffee from downstairs in the canteen, tasted gross, tasted like a, a gas station one. Um, but we made some really fun radio and we would just sort of talk as well. And it's me, uh, you and another guy called James. And I remember I wanted to book you for a DJ gig and you were like, yeah. look, man, I'm not actually DJing this year. I've, I've taken the whole year off. I don't want to DJ this year. Yeah. And I, yeah. I as someone that was want, a wannabe DJ at that time, I couldn't I couldn't mm. get my head around it. Like, how yeah. could you say you're not going to DJ for a year? What about next year? What about, how are you going to get back in the game? Like, talk yeah. me through that because I still always think about that to this day. I have to just like, just quickly tune into what that time. So that was when I stopped. The, right. So I think what had happened was I'd been DJing relentlessly for like seven or eight years. And I saw the rise of me and my peers up and it became like a thing of like, everyone was just doing every single show every weekend and making a load of cash and entertaining a load of people. Great, brilliant. Do you know what I mean? But I think at that point of my career, I was such on the treadmill of being just a working DJ, I forgot why I'd started in the first place. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'm playing records to please the crowd. I'm getting absolutely hammered every weekend. I'm not really making the music because I'm just always either hungover or trying to rush my radio st- sh- um, show together. And I basically retracted from the club scene to remember why I did it in the first place, but also get back into making music, which is why, what I did first, rather than just like legging it to the club every weekend and then being hungover for a week. Now, I fully understand what you mean about that kind of thing of saying no to stuff. Because when I first started DJing, I would do anything to play. But I was blessed enough to kick back. Now, the interesting thing with that is when I took that year off to basically, I guess, rewrite the perception of who I was, not only for myself, but for everyone else, rather than just being another DJ on the circuit, banging out the odd tune to get back in the club. By the time I got back in the club, I was at the back of the queue. Wow. I had to build myself back up. Wow. So it was a bit of a restart. And all these kids came in, they were shelling, they were killing it every weekend. And then... Within a year, I was far less relevant. And then when I was back into getting bookings, I was like, why aren't I getting the same bookings as him and her? Or why is it? So getting off that treadmill did have, like, I suppose, a negative effect. But in the long run, it was way better Mm. because people remember that I made music and I wasn't just someone just pleasing the crowd all the time. I had my own identity as a DJ and a producer. And, And then when I got back to where I wanted to be, I was a different type of... DJ basically yeah. and a happier DJ. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you kind of think about it. It's like a it's a short term loss for a long term gain. Yeah, a little L for a big W. <laughs> 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 uh, and you've got to prepare you've got to do that in this music thing, I think. Mm. I think people are scared of just falling off for a bit. And I get it because it's it's a it's a fickle industry and, and some people haven't got the opportunity to maybe just slay back for like a couple of months or a year yeah, or whatever, do you know what I mean? And I think you have to acknowledge Completely. it. Completely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I do acknowledge that, and I had other things going on, whereas if I just DJed, I probably wouldn't want to take that risk because then I won't be able to feed me kids. So, hands up, I had the privilege to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I, was, I did find it really interesting, and even thinking about this year as a DJ, we've, we've, we've been forced to say no because there's been I know, no, I know. nothing going on. That's mad, on. isn't it? But have you found that? I, do you know what? I have weirdly found it really refreshing in a yeah. sense that, say what you did is that you put on yourself is that I just went through because of the circumstances. For me, yeah. I was kind of already transitioning. I wanted to transition as a DJ. There was gigs that I, yeah. I didn't want to play anymore. And I was moving into a sound um, that I kind of felt more was more aligned with me, but I had yeah. one foot in one world and another foot in the other. So if I look back at the bookings that I was meant to have last year, they were kind mm. of half and half of where I wanted to be also, but yeah. just doing the gigs that I've always sort of done. So to have that yeah, complete right. like lock off, kind of gave me time to reset and to really know who I am as a DJ and what I want to play yeah. next year. Because like you said, I've enjoyed being at home and I think that I do want to play back in the clubs, of course, but I want mm. to be really, I want every moment to feel special in the club. I want it to feel precious. I want to really enjoy that gig and not just do the gig just to knock it out because that's yeah. what I should be doing. So I've kind of yeah. I've kind of found it good in, in that sense and it's kind of definitely made me kind of reassess when those, if those bookings do come back in next year, what yeah. will be my thought process around them? And yeah. whether I do them It's smart, isn't it? it it's, 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 a, uh, it's a luxury to have this time, you know, mm. for 100%. me and you who are, are lucky enough to have the infrastructure and finance yes. other places. Yes. Yeah, it definitely. is a luxury, I think. And, and, and to have that time, because you just wouldn't, would you? You just like, you just crack on until... Until 10 years later, you were like, whoa. What, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what where, did, there? where did the time go? Yeah. And yeah, there, can be, there can be, you know, this has, nudged, this has nudged some of us into a different way of thinking. There, there are times, I think, if I was to think back as well, when I have said no, where it's nudged mm. me, it, I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't have said that no. So, like, for example, um, before I started working on your show, I went for yeah. a job interview to be an intern at um, Sony. And I got oh, offered yeah. an internship at Columbia. And when I had gone to all the interviews, I don't know, something just told me I don't want to work in an office. And I, I, whilst yeah. I, liked, I liked them and I liked what they stood for, mm. the idea mm. of five days, nine to five in an office just kind of filled me with, with dread. And I kind of knew that if I said mm. yes to it, then my radio dream at that point would be over. Yeah, um, it'd be really hard to almost get back into the building or be seen to be doing stuff because I couldn't even do my represent show, you know, because of, I yeah. asked them whether I still could I do part time? Could I do this? Yeah. And it was like yeah. kind of all or nothing. And um, yeah. so I said no to it. And I remember them being kind of shocked, like almost like, well, why did you why did you go for it? Then you just wasted our time. Yeah, yeah. We've offered it to yeah, you. Yeah. And you said no. Totally. And then about three yeah. weeks later, I got offered to produce your show. Oh, boom. Energies. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, and then after that, you know, I got I got my own show. But had I have gone there yeah. and did that, I would I yeah. would we wouldn't even be wouldn't we wouldn't be even be here. Yeah, hundred percent. It's bizarre, isn't it? I am a believer in energies and stuff like that, and things happen for a reason. I tell you, the latest no I did was turn down an advert for a biscuit brand. Okay, and you know what it is? Yeah, it was like it was. It was it was early in Corona. I thought, I, oh, I might need to do this. Do you get what I'm saying? I might need to do, and I've never really done adverts because I've I've been blessed enough to not have to. Do you know what I mean? Like I've been blessed enough to not have to basically need that cash or want mm-hmm. the cash. And I and I thought about it. Bear, I thought, sack it, man. It's just an advert. Nobody cares. 
you know what I mean? Because I don't think they do deep down. Do you know what I mean? If they see me on a, a NAF advert, they, I don't think they're really going to go, I'm not listening to his music anymore. Like, I don't believe that. But the advert is on telly now. I'm watching football on Sunday. My favourite team, Sheffield United, had just got slewed and the advert came on and the advert, I have to say, is horrendous, right? Yeah. And I sat back and my team had just lost. And if I had seen myself on the advert, I know no one would have cared, but me personally, I'd have been like, oh my God, look at this advert. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank gosh I said no and just didn't take the bag for me and my soul. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. So it's not just about everyone else. It's about yourself, isn't it? It's about being happy within yourself and what you stand for and what you believe. Because deep down, like I say, nobody cares mm-hmm. that I would have been on the advert, like, but I do. Yeah, yeah, that would understand? have been something so, that you would have really felt and, yeah. Yeah, man, like on telly after Sheffield United losing, <laughs> seeing myself playing a DJ, yamming a biscuit, I'd have, I'd have, been, I'd have been off, man. I'd have turned the telly off and gone to bed. <laughs> Yo, bad thing. Yeah, I'll be looking out for that one. Um, yeah. We both worked at the BBC, but the BBC, like any corporation, is a corporation. It's a big beast, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And it can be hard to say no in such a big company when they might have an idea for you. Yes. Did you ever find that? I got offered a Friday night slot on Rep One Extra every Friday, seven till nine. And I didn't want to do it. And the reason I didn't want to do it was because, A, the time it would have took up for me unable to deliver my second album, which was on a record label. And B, I didn't want to be perceived as just a broadcaster and that would have put me right in that position. Mm. So for Toddler T Limited, or whatever you want to call it, it was not the right move for the long haul or the long run of Mm. my career. I had to tell the gaffs. Now, at the time... The way that the Beeb operated, and I can't speak for it now, is they would say, yo, T, you've got Fridays, we're releasing press in an hour. Because everyone did what they said. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. like, yo, I don't want to do Fridays. Ah! Right? So then I had to just navigate it, call some people, I had to go and then call them and say, I can't do Fridays. Why? I've got my album that I've got to finish. I don't want to go that deep into this thing. They're like, obviously, they're an employer. They're like, yeah, but you're an employee of our company. You should want to be the biggest, best broadcaster you can be. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And I understand that. I get it. But for me personally, I had all these things going on and that wasn't the thing that I wanted to put at the front of my shop front at that time of my career. Yeah. So I had to basically, like, wind it back round within an hour and I was punished for that for years. Real talk. Mm. They didn't give me depths like they used to. I was seen as, right, he's not serious about being a broadcaster at that level, and I, I understand that. So I had to take the L, which was fine, and just play my position for, the, for a very long time. But yeah. you know what? I was there 11 years. My dream was to be a music producer. Without bragging, I've got plaques all over my walls. I've got more platinum <laughs> plaques does. coming. I've got a single yeah. in January coming with someone very big that I'm pretty sure is going to be top 10. Sometimes yes. you have to take the L... You have to take yeah. the L to get the W and it's all yeah. good. And I think in music, yeah. people don't want to take any L's and they feel a way. I took an L yesterday. It's calm in the long run because of saying no was a bad vibe for me and a lot of people around me for a minute. But look, in the long run, it's, it's paid love. Off, yeah. When I left that building, I hugged the management. Mm. They thanked me so much. It's cool. Do you understand? No, 100%. 
And I felt like I'm glad you brought that story up because I kind of had written it down because I knew it, but I wanted it to kind of <laughs> to kind of come from you. But it's kind of you could take that instance, and it's about any kind of building that you're in, any kind of any corporation, whether the BBC or not. And you have a dream of your own. You have to yeah. be you have to be really kind of like almost like blinkered, and it yeah. will piss people off around you. Like even when I, yeah. I came off weekends, I was mm. like, I'm not gonna do. I don't want to do weekends anymore. I don't want to do daytime radio anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and it wasn't even just the sort of like, you know, from, from the disbelief within the building, like, why would you, what, 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 you know, what do you want? More shows, less shows? What are you trying to do? What are you trying yeah. to choose yeah. right? Is that it? Yeah. Um, yeah, but from yeah. other, other people, they'd be like, what happened? You know, yeah, did she, I know, <laughs> did I she know, get kicked off? Like, did she get moved? It was like, nah. Even when I left the Beeb, yeah, I left because I've been there for 11 years. I'd had an amazing run. I'd, um, I was there for far longer than expected. It was time. It was just time. Like, I wanted to be in here five days a week. I was spending two days a week making my radio show and three days a week in here trying to catch up with the work that I'd missed due to doing radio. I'm 35. There's youths in there that hang out all day to broadcast. They they, they live and breathe yeah. broadcast. You know that. Yeah. It's time for them to take that baton and put that energy into it that it deserves. It's as simple as that. I never fell out with anyone in there. In fact, even when it got sticky, I still loved everyone in there. And when I left, yeah. it was literally digital hugs over Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's love. The minute I put up that press release, yo, Tay, what's happened? Are you all right? <laughs> blah, blah. No, it's cool. Like, it's love. I just had to do one, man. Like, it's life. You move. I said no to the next contract. It's not that deep. That deep, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But people really do feel like when you exit somewhere or you say no, that there's a big thing happened. Some kind of it's conspiracy. Not <laughs> it's not. Yeah, yet. man. It's all right. I just had other shit to do. It's calm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how I felt with the weekends was almost like with you with the DJ in. I had to change the perception. Yeah. And I had yeah. to take, I was getting booked to play Drake. I don't want to play Drake. I sometimes yeah, because yeah, I'm like, I know. But, you know, for the most part, I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, totally. but you know, I was cutting out the biggest part of my paycheck month. Yeah, yeah, like, literally. And I thought I got to. I thought I had to think back to the younger me, and I thought you've lived on less. Yeah, you yeah, don't. yeah, totally, totally, a hundred percent. It's 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 a hard pill to swallow when you're making such easy money like that. But it's the same with me with wanting to be a producer as well. Everyone thought I was a broadcaster, and I had to kind of, you know, stop. I didn't stop doing my show, of course I didn't, but I had to stop like necessarily being so like bait in terms of like the shows I was getting to just make pee or like just had to kind of like really graft it out. Like I'd be like, well, why why are all these other people working with these big artists and they're not? And it's because people simply thought I, I would just went to the beef, didn't know I made tunes. And it was a similar thing. You yeah. have to build it right up again. Um, but was that was that like, exciting though for you? Like in terms of creatively, was it exciting to have another mountain to climb? Yeah, for sure. Like that's why I did that Foreign Light album because I wanted to make something that was true to myself at that point in my life. That kind of was like, "Hello, I make music, and I know it's not commercial and what you expect. It's not like a carnival album featuring Sean Paul. It's like <laughs> it's just at that time of my life. That's what I wanted to do. And loads of people were like what? And um, at and. But it was kind of the start of where I am now in terms of like being a yeah. producer again, because my first album was 2009 and then I got my radio show. So I was doing music way before being a broadcaster. In fact, to be honest, the broadcaster was kind of a fluke. 
anyway, that's a different conversation. But um, yeah, it was exciting, <laughs> and it still it still it still is exciting because you with yeah. music. That's one of the things. If you're looking to if you're looking to grow and build, there's always a next step. Whereas with radio, it was like, I know what I represent and I know how far I want to go and we're just going to do this. Do you understand? Whereas with yeah. production, I'm, I'm a bit more kind of open to going to left or right or being more mainstream or being super left, like whatever. I'm ready for it all right now. That can change though. Do you think you say more yeses as a producer or, or, or more no's or, or does it shift and, and change? It shifts depending on how I'm feeling and stuff. But initially, I, you know, like when we were talking earlier about... DJing and saying no, you seeing me saying no was weird. When I first got my publishing deal, I said yes to absolutely everything. And now two years later, I'm, it's quite the contrast um, because I think at that point in my career, as a trying to be a full-time producer, I, I was the same. I didn't want to let any opportunity slide. But as I've got further into being like a day-to-day working producer, quote-unquote, I've learned what I like, I've learned what I don't like. And most importantly, I think in the long term, is if I rinse out and give everyone my sound, then that's just the longevity of that is short and very quick. So right Mm -hmm. now I'm way more picky, way more picky. But two years ago, yeah, anyone or anything. Yeah. So I guess it's always a constant journey then. So, you know, based on anyone's anyone's industry that they're in, it's going to be a constant journey. But I guess tapping into yourself knowing where you are in that moment can allow you yeah, to make the best the best decisions. For real. If you were to look back at your career, T, have you ever regretted a no? Because I'm looking back and I, I can honestly say I can't remember. <laughs> I must not have because I don't remember the no. Um, you know what? I don't, not off the top of my head, you know, not off the top of my head because I, I've got to the point in my life, yeah, because I'm a bit older and I suppose wiser, I feel like looking back, you just, to quote Gucci Mane in his book, <laughs> right? If you look back, right, I'm a child, if you look back when you're walking, you're going to stumble, right? If you look forward, <laughs> you're not going to fall over, right? And I think that's a great philosophy. You can look back at all the stuff you've done wrong and just like brew on it. And that that's kind of like a, 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 it's not a great vibe, is it? Or, or you you can look forward and like nod to it or maybe look back. But if you can't see looking back, like every no I said at the time was for the time mm. of that, where I was in that point in my life. So I can't change who I was at that moment. And like sort of looking over, oh, I'm falling over again. It's just, a, it's not, it's not the energy or the, or the vibe I'm, I've learned to kind of channel. I know that sounds yeah. a bit deep, but no, I no, try no. not to look back and re- no, no regrets. Then, Easier said than done, but I really try and apply that with stuff like no's because in that moment on that phone call or that party or that email, that's what I felt. So is what yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I was this, on the train the other day. Yeah. I was on the train and this um, this girl, she must have been about maybe like 17 years old and she didn't want yeah. to sit uh, facing, she didn't want her back to be the wrong way, facing the wrong journey, the wrong way on the train. And then she said to her friend, she was like, because I just came from there. I don't need to see where, I don't need to see behind me. Is that, is I was that, like, how profound. Wow. Is that what she, she said? Like, I just came from there. Yeah, I, don't, I just came from there. I don't need to look behind me, seeing the rear view. I'm looking forward. I'm looking to the next stop. Is that what she said? I swear to oh, God. I mean, that's kind of amazing. Like, if that she Brain was blown. like, yeah, like she, that's what she thought and that's what she meant. And how she got Gucci Mane on a higher level. Yeah, that is Gucci Mane <laughs> 2.0. I always remember that quote. I think it's a good one to look at. Look forward, maybe look back, but don't. If you firmly are looking back, you're gonna, you know, yeah. regret. There's yeah. lo- there's loads of things that I could brew over in my past, but that's just not good for your mental health, man. 
No, definitely. T, it's been so amazing just hear, hearing your stories and hearing you be um, being so honest. So thank you so much for being a guest. Thanks, it's a joy, man. Always a joy to talk to you, Jams, on or off a microphone. I absolutely loved speaking to Toddler. I wanted you to kind of hear the conversations that we've had over the year and kind of how he's guided and mentored me. Um, but I think a definite takeaway for me is that it's easy to put someone on a pedestal and think about all their successes and wins and be inspired by that without kind of knowing things that happen in the background. So I didn't know that when he took a year out from DJing that he, he had to rebuild. I didn't see that. I, I didn't witness that. Or I didn't know for him as a producer when he really started really wanting to focus on producer, he had to kind of really put his foot down and be like, hello, I'm a producer. Hello, come and get in the studio with me. I think it was really important to hear that side of success and to hear what ha what, what goes into it and what people actually genuinely go through. So I found it a really, really exciting conversation and I hope you enjoyed it too. Thanks for being here for this episode of the DIY Handbook. I've been Jam Supernova. And if you like what you heard, then just let me know. Leave a review, talk to me on socials and please, please subscribe because there's more great information, stories and advice to come in future episodes. This podcast was created by me, Jam Supernova, production from Amy Bennett, music and audio production from Sam Interface.